and this is the podcast, Go Be Great. There's no such thing as TMI here, so let's chat, meet amazing humans, and have conversations about life, confidence, and more without the filter. Come hang weekly as I shed light on the topics we often feel we need to hide as we celebrate the ebbs and flows of learning what being great really looks like. Buckle up, buttercups, and let's go be great together. This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hello, fam. Welcome back. I want to give a little warning at the top of this episode. I'm a little sniffly, so I'm going to try my best because if you are new around here, any type of mouth sound, which includes nasal sounds, <laughs> really is my one of my biggest pet peeves. So if I sound like I am like holding my nose and sound a little off, that's why. Hello, hey, hi, how the fuck are you? Welcome back. This week, we are going to talk about love bombing. And in all of the ways, because there are, love bombing can happen in any relationship. And I think for a long time, I personally thought, like, that it was only a romantic type of relationship. But I have learned, <laughs> have I learned, that love bombing is actually something that happens in all types of relationships. So, let's dive right in, shall we? We'll skip the Bravo talk for for another time. But I really wanted to give as much time to this episode as I could. Also, side note. Oh my gosh, I'm all over the place already. Chill back. Um, I am loving those of you that have slid into the DMs and had topic requests. Nothing gets my podcast boner harder than when you guys tell me <laughs> that was raunchy. But seriously, nothing gets me more jazzed than when you guys pop into the DMs with some topic requests. So this was one. Next week's is another one. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. My DMs are always open. Lube up and slat on in because I just, I like to, you know, uh, meet you where you're at and help you in any way I can or give you maybe a different perspective as somebody who's maybe outside your close in uh, intimate circle that maybe can, you know, have some unbiased opinions, right? So let's get a fork into it. I love a good Wikipedia. So Wikipedia's definition of love bombing. Love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection. It can be used in different ways and for either positive or negative purposes. Psychologists have identified love bombing as a possible part of a cycle of abuse and have warned against it. So keep your ears out. Um, also, Cleveland Clinical Health Essentials, uh, says that it's a form of psychological and emotional abuse disguised as excessive flattery, over-the-top gift-giving, and needy or jealous behaviors. So, now, here's what's tough about love bombing. I'm just going to say it right out of the gates because before I get into, like, what to look out for, I'm going to say that love bombing is really hard to try and be aware of because I think it's our human nature to want to be cared for by another person, especially hearing it and having these gestures, especially depending on what your love language is. But if these words of affirmation and grand gestures are ways that you are looking for validation, especially externally, typically people who love bomb know that, that that's what they're doing or they're trying to get you in their good graces or be in a good standing with you. So they think that like, oh, if I just, you know, do these things or say these things and just 
pile on the love that they'll forget about X, Y, and Z. Or that they like will just, you know, it, it won't seem like a big deal or that maybe they'll feel like they can't bring it up if I am just doing all of these things, you know, for them. Like, how could you? How could you do that? How could you bring that up? How could you still be upset about that if I'm doing X, Y, and Z, right? Oh, <laughs> bitch. Yes, you can. You can still be upset. Let me tell you that. Now, not all love bombing is intentional. I do think people that have experienced trauma in their lives are either quick to be susceptible to love bombing or potentially be the love bomber because you feel like that's what you need to do in order to be okay with somebody or feel loved by somebody. So it is kind of a catch-22. I shouldn't, let me retract and say that like they typically know what they're doing because it's not all the time. It's not always intentional, but it usually involves excessive flattery and praise, over communication of your feelings, um, showering you with like unneeded or unwanted gifts. They're like, hey, I thought of you. Here you are. And it's just like it's in a, it's in abundance. Um, early or intense talks about your future. I would say that like early on is when we feel most vulnerable in any type of relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic, because it's that like in between time of how do they feel about me? I'm not sure. How do I, how are we going to exist together in this new path or in this relationship? So when you're hearing early on that future plans are being made, it's it kind of gives that sense of assurance that maybe we look for as humans to be like, oh, okay, this is good. This person is feeling the same way I do. There's that, we, there's no weird in between because they're being overly excessive with how much they're caring about me. So we must be good, right? Girl, I feel you. But that's not that might not necessarily be the case. I have also learned through therapy and personal development that it's usually driven by a person's insecurities. Like if you're a very confident person, you're typically not going to be a love bomber. Um, if you struggle with like the ability to trust or the ability of being dependent on other people, um, although anyone can do it, it's most often associated with people who are like anxious or in insecure attachment styles, narcissistic personality disorder. So people can pick up on this behavior by learning from their parents, like passive aggression or past abusive relationships. It can also be a side effect of unresolved childhood trauma, although this isn't always the case. Everyone has different lived experiences. However, I will say that from what my experiences have been and through what I've read about, it typically is always linked to trauma. Like people that I have read about that have shared their stories and have been vulnerable, have either been the love bomber or have been love bombed, have either been the person who has been abused or the abuser. And so they feel like that's what they need to do. And, you know, they want constant reassurance that they're loved and that they're worthy, especially if we are the ones that are insecure and we are being love bombed. If we are, are feeling insecure and feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't feel worthy. Like, how could he, how could they really like me? Or how could this person want to be my friend? If you're feeling insecure or intimidated by somebody, the fact that those insecurities are going to be fed through such intense love bombing kind of makes sense, right? You are a human being and it's human nature. So, I don't want anyone to listen to this episode and feel like they're being really hard on themselves because it is so easy to be swept up in, in this chaos, which is a, a form of emotional abuse. And by the time you are sitting with these thoughts and can really unpack what's happening, it's often too late because it's hard to tell when you're first hanging out with somebody 
how genuine they're being. Like people sometimes are just very genuine and that's how they show love. However, it's not always the healthiest thing and you could be well-intended and still be a love bomber. I have experienced love bombing in relationships in the past, romantic relationships and friendships more recently, but I feel like because I was able to work through it and identify it in past romantic relationships, when it was showing up in friendships, I was very much... Like, my, I had a physical aversion to it. I was like, oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. And have you ever heard that phrase, the universe is going to keep giving you the same lesson until you learn it? I'm learning it, bitch. I hear you, boo. <laughs> I hear you, boo, when I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. It takes time to kind of realize, okay, I'm seeing this. I don't feel great about it. It feels weird to me. But you don't want to dismiss somebody's well-intended love for you right and then starts the cycle of like oh I'm tripping like maybe it's me hi I'm the problem it's me like this person's trying to be really nice to me and show me all this love and who am I to dismiss that right however this is where your internal compass is always something to listen to your body and your mind and your heart are always going to somehow be trying to give you give you flames. Your heart might be like, oh my God, this is so cute. They they care for me so much. This is so sweet. This is so caring. But your body might be like, hey, the, the signals are going off. The red flags are flagging. We're, wa- we're waving high in the sky. So although it's a situation that can be hard to get out of because you might not know how genuine a person is until it's too late, there are some phases that this goes by then this is how they get you because it doesn't just automatically start with like all of this heavy load right of this unpacking and unloading of love it kind of it comes in phases so the first phase is the idealization phase idealization phase are we good back can't even read my own notes during this phase um they bombard you with like excessive love and affection they draw you in to convince you to let your guard down so they want you to feel safe to do that because for like sometimes for the other person the love bomber it is almost like a goal or like they feel like they've accomplished something if your guard is down right and at first it might seem too good to be true but you're also if you're somebody who's easily swept off your feet this could be a situation where you find yourself in so that's the first phase second phase is the d valuation phase once you've let your guard down and you get comfortable with this type of relationships the red flags start to appear and this is often the phase where we um we've been in through the idealization idealization phase oh my god am i okay i can't even say that word so we're kind of like more susceptible to kind of push those red flags off to the side and maybe like minimize them and feel like maybe they're not that big of a deal but they may try to take like control over you in a variety of ways they may become more demanding of your time try and isolate you a little bit more get upset if you're making plans without them um you know try and like I said isolate yourself from your friends or gaslight you into thinking there's nothing wrong with their behavior and like I'm just trying to show you how much I love you what do you mean so then if you are somebody who is insecure as a as an individual you might be more susceptible to be like oh oh my god you're right how could I be so mean I'm so sorry being overly apologetic back to them Um, In most severe cases, they may also use fear or intimidation um, to get you to behave differently than you normally would. Um, And hopefully it doesn't ever resort to violence or physical uh, altercations. But this is why so often it's it's very much a verbal and emotional abuse. So we are going to dive into a little bit of that talk. So if that makes you uncomfortable, here is your trigger warning because there is a level of abuse to 
to love bombing. I mean, when I was love bombed, I was probably the most insecure I'd ever been in my life. So in that romantic relationship that I talk about in Body Bliss, um, and then I've talked about on here a few times, when I was being love bombed, I did not know that that's what it was because I was getting everything that f- from somebody else who I know in this circumstance, I'm not going to say all of them were like this, but in this circumstance, he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. He saw me and I was lit up in neon lights of somebody who he could gaslight, manipulate and love bomb to get whatever he needed from me. Right. So um, it's hard because I was the, the most vulnerable at that point. So when he was seeing that, like, oh, you know, if I just say nice things to her or I like talk about future plans with her, those were the two big ones. Or, like, the random gifts, like, that didn't make sense, but they came in abundance. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. This, oh, my God, he cares for me so much. Absolutely the fuck not. Then it quickly turned into the, in hindsight, I can see where the isolation started happening, where I felt like I was going to start an argument if I made plans or if I, you know, that did not include him. Um more of me was being needed, like more of my time, more of my effort, more of like, what could I do for him type of thing. Um, Limiting access to friends and family was for sure a big one that when that started happening, I felt that it was wrong, but I was so dismissive of it because I think there was a certain level of fear to it. Like not necessarily physical harm fear, but fear of like, oh my gosh, if I lose him, then what? Like, oh my gosh, I'll have nothing. Like I was so, and I was Now, this isn't to say that people who haven't had childhood trauma wouldn't also fall into this, but I did not. I had a beautiful uh, relationship with my family. I do have a beautiful relationship with my family. I was raised right. I was raised to know better than this. So there was a lot of shame attached to this when I was realizing what was happening and when I was getting on the other side and healing through this process. The love bombing was the had gone on forever and it goes in a cycle. So, like, the love bombing happens after something horrible would happen. Like, I would be hurt and he would do something really mean or really awful to me or cheat or do, you know, betray my trust. But then the love bombing would start again and I would just fall right back into that cycle. So it's not necessarily um, a one and done in these phases. I have seen them cycle through emotional abuse for years this was going on so for somehow it just kept happening because I was still not working on myself I was seeking that validation from somebody else um so although you would normally know these things from the outside when you're in it it's very different so if you are listening to this and you have either either been in a situation or maybe you're in it now and you're like I know better I knew better what am I doing it's not your fault um you are just somebody who got swept up in it and it's not good. It's not great. It's not your fault. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that you don't blame yourself too much or go too hard on yourself because it is very easy to get swept into it. And when they're good at it, they are fucking good at it. Um, after the devaluation phase comes the discard phase. So if I were to confront this person, for example, for harmful behavior or something that I wanted to make feel better like have a more healthy relationship with somebody or reset any boundaries or talk to him about how I was feeling then they either try and avoid accountability refuse to have the conversation like quite literally slam the door on the face or just say then leave then fine we're done then you don't want to be with me then we're done so the thought of abandoning 
that relationship would be just enough to keep me right there. So it would just confuse me and disorient me just enough or feel like I failed or I was giving up on him just enough that it would keep me it would keep me around. And I have seen this happen, this exact phase happen in friendships as well in my adult life and in very recent years even. So like I said, because I feel like I did a lot of work in acknowledging what this looks like in the emotional abuse and um, like mental abuse standpoint, when I saw it reappear, not in romantic relationships, but in my friendships, I really looked into it because I was like, oh, you know, I need to see what this is all about. I even went to, I tried the online therapy. BetterHelp was not for me. Um, so I am not seeing a therapist on a regular basis now. It is a goal of 2024 to really get into that better, um, more consistently and find somebody. It's, it's you know, it's a process. It's a process to find somebody that you feel like you connect with um, and that you can, you know, see on a regular basis, financially especially. It is not cheap out in these streets. Uh, mental health where it should be and it's not as accessible and it is definitely a privilege so um when I was trying to kind of when I was seeing this pop up in a friendship I was like oh this is this is not right and then there were certain times where I felt like I was too far into the into the friendship to do anything about it and until it got to the point where I was like no I am quite literally I can feel my body signaling that I am abandoning myself by continuing this friendship and I have never had to just tell somebody like, hey, this this isn't working out in a friendship. And friendship breakups are often even more hurtful than romantic ones. So the same thing can happen. And in friendship love bombing, I have found that, you know, that that first phase, the idealization phase, um, you can get bombarded with excessive love and affection and social media posts and you know, they're trying to, like, they want you to let your guard down and make them feel like a safe, they want you to know that it's a safe space for you to be vulnerable. And I think we're more likely to be vulnerable with friends than we are with romantic relationships. I mean, some of us are. I am, personally. I'm way quicker to be vulnerable in a friendship than I would in a romantic relationship. Um, now it's kind of like what you see is what you get. I'm just going to be me. But, uh, yeah, I was seeing that a lot. Like, oh, wow, this is like, this is intense. It was intense quick. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Times are hard, you know? <laughs> the, the COVID really made connections difficult. And I think coming out of COVID, it was also really tricky. So, yeah, the D, like, I felt like I was like, oh, this is great. Like, it's a sisterhood, right? Like, this is a friendship that feels very much like a sisterhood. Um, I felt like I was, in hindsight, it was for sure friendship love bombing. The devaluation, devaluation phase um, in a friendship, in my experience, has looked like the same thing, like the, the control over a variety of ways or being more demanding of like needing, like the excessive text messaging, for example, or kind of feeling like you're getting trauma dumped on or daily dumped on instead of like, hey, when you have the capacity for this, which I tried modeling in uh, a couple friendships. And it just wasn't, it wasn't quite working. Um, and when I would try and bring it up, I, this is the discard phase of the friendship. But when I was, when I would try and bring it up, it, it was very much met with like, oh, but I did all these things for you. Look at all these things that I'm doing uh, for you. Like, I'm sorry you feel this way, but look at that. But first off, if you are ever, I've learned from Mel Robbins, if you are ever giving, giving an apology or getting an apology and someone says, 
I'm sorry for X, Y, and Z, and they have a but at the end of it, that but completely negates everything you said before that but. (laughs) So the discard phase when I felt like I was really practicing holding my boundaries and really feeling like that was very new for me. This friend knew that holding those boundaries was new for me and almost like threw it back in my face. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to apologize for what I did because that sounds like a you problem. You don't get to be in a position where you're not told or your, your, your feelings don't matter, right? If you are ever in a position where you are being told that you're wrong for feeling the way that you're feeling and that's not what the, what the person meant, so whatever you're feeling doesn't matter, absolutely not. You don't get to say that just because you meant something, intention over impact, right? Or atten- intention versus impact. You, you might have been well-intended, but the impact was here and that's something that matters and that's something that's important and that's something that you are you're allowed to feel you are worthy of feeling that way and you are not wrong for feeling which again a lot of times in friendships I almost feel like we're more forgiving sometimes I am I should say not I shouldn't say we I should say me I am more forgiving in friendships than in relationships because I feel like I hold on to that insecurity a lot more in a romantic relationship than I would in a friendship um so in the past so now I just feel like I'm I'm, I feel pretty pretty steadfast in who I am and my internal compass and my moral compass. But it's very difficult when somebody who you feel like you connect with, regardless of level of connection, when you feel like that moral compass are pointing in different directions, that's a really, really big red flag. And when you are caught up in love bombing, it makes it even harder because you're like, oh my gosh, how could I feel this way when this person is going over above and beyond to show me how they feel and how they care for me? Or, you know, yeah, it is. It's me. I can't believe I felt this way when they're out here doing all these things for me. Like, how could I have ever questioned it? If you are questioning it, that's your gut, sweets. It might also be your anxiety. But (laughs) it is typically, you can tell the difference. Anxiety and your gut instincts are very different. And anxiety does show up so differently in people's bodies and minds. So it's, you know, sometimes it is tough to kind of differentiate. And that's very individualized for the person. But when you are feeling a certain way, it's it's important to explore that. Whether you are exploring that with someone you feel safe with or a therapist or, you know, maybe not necessarily the person that you are feeling love bombed by. Because if that's what it is, they're just going to try and convince you that it's not. And like I said, a lot of times... Uh, my encounters with love bombing, there was in both circumstances and probably, no, there's probably like three or four circumstances where each person, when I think back to that, did have childhood trauma. So, you know, it, it, that does correlate. I don't know how much research is done on that, but that does make sense that, you know, someone is going to be overly like, you know, if I'm posting about it, about you, of course I care about you like this much and da, 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 da. But that's not always the case. Um, or it is the case and they, you know, like I said, they don't know they're doing it. But I do. I feel it. I see you. I see you. And I'm trying to heal. So how do we know? How do we know if we're being love bombed, right? It's it's very difficult. How is How do we differentiate love bombing versus a very openly big loving relationship? Um, having an open conversation with them when you are talking to them. And seeing how they respond to your boundaries is probably the biggest way. If you are communicating how you feel and it's met with 
understanding and changed behavior and someone who's being more intended in, intentional about being, you know, honoring your boundaries and honoring how you're feeling or, you know, stop, stop doing something that's making you feel uncomfortable, then that's typically, you're probably in a very healthy relationship here. But if you're voicing something that makes you uncomfortable and somebody takes that feedback and changes it into bad behavior or combative and argumentative and disrespects your boundaries, those are the red flags. If they take your feedback and incorporate it and change behavior moving forward, then they probably respect you and care about you, right? Because ultimately, good relationships feel good. Good relationships don't have you questioning things or if something's real or if something's too good to be true. But if you are feeling like you're questioning those things, having the conversation and seeing how they respond is probably the best way um, to go about navigating it. Now, what do you do if you realize that you are in a love bombing relationship? Then what? Sometimes if you're in a position where you feel like you can just cut it off and be like, hey, you know what? This isn't working out for me. I wish you well. I'm not really feeling this anymore. Great. And if that's a position where you feel healthy and you feel like that is okay and safe to do, so be it. Other times it takes a while. Um, When I was trying to heal through it, it took me a while to like back off slowly. I felt like that's what I had to do for, you know, safety reasons or just in general. Like I just felt like I needed that slow regression away. Or you can also talk to your doctor if you're feeling like you're nervous about what's happening or you don't feel safe and you can also contact the national domestic violence hotline and that is at 800-799-SAFE so that's 800-799-7233 and while this is really confusing and controversial to try and navigate through it shouldn't be something that's taken lightly I think that we shouldn't be too quick to call it love bombing and um, setting healthy relationships or setting healthy boundaries in your relationships shouldn't be met with such aggression and and arguments, you know? Having relationship check-ins along the way, I think are super healthy to do. And I'm I'm getting more comfortable with them. And let me tell you, it's really nice. (laughs) It's really nice. Uh, Healing from love bombing and feeling like you are able to better identify it in any types of relationships moving forward will just create space for healthier, more authentic, and deeper rooted connections with people. So if you're feeling any of those types of ways where you're questioning it or even if they're over communicating their love for you where they feel like they need to constantly validate or go back to or reiterate how much they care for you, whether that be verbal or, you know, like I said, posts online or they want to like lock it down real quick and commit to something big with you. Um, If you feel overwhelmed or uneasy or just off balance, like you just have that feeling like something's just not sitting right, then having these conversations are really important for you. And it's also a really good way of learning how to honor yourself and build trust within yourself. Because if you're in a relationship like this and you are coming into the relationship insecure in general and having low confidence and low self-esteem in general, having these hard conversations is a really big way. You know, this might feel like a mountain for you right now. It certainly did when I was feeling like like that, like you might be feeling now. My most insecure and lowest self-esteem I've ever had. There was no way I would be I would feel like I had the capacity or the tools Um, or even the language to have these types of hard conversations, which is another reason why I feel very passionate about the podcast and talking about 
these hard things that so often we feel a lot of shame and guilt for. So like, oh, how how does she even deal with that? How could you even get yourself in that situation? I hope that this episode is showing you that it's very actually quite easy to get swept up in love bombing and in these types of relationships and connections with people. So it's not something to feel shame over. It's something that you can really heal from and really build a really good foundation of confidence within yourself when you are choosing you in these situations. Or or if you're healing and you have these conversations and it's met with a lot of love and respect and changed behavior, then it's also really validating to be like, oh, you know what? That felt really good to speak how I feel. And it's only making our relationship healthier by having these hard conversations and realizing that, oh, it's going to be met with love. It's going to be met with honoring me. It's going to be met with respect and understanding. I think that that's such a big part of healing too, to have those relationships where, oh, this is teaching me how this looks. This is teaching me that my voice is important. My feelings matter. How I I deserve to feel good and feel heard and seen in my relationships with people. So that's also a big key to healing. You know, it's not so much the negative of, oh, it's happening again. I'm going to chop it down and be done with it. No, it's also a way to kind of like, oh, I'm feeling uneasy about this, speaking on it, realizing it's met with love and respect, and then being like, oh, this is also very healing to know that this is what I deserve. Remember, when you are ever in a situation when you are given the option between abandoning yourself to keep the peace with somebody else That will only create a war within yourself and choosing yourself is always the right choice. And I know that it feels really hard sometimes and I just hope that you know that choosing your hard and choosing yourself are things that you will never regret and they are things that will always empower you and give you a stronger foundation to stand on your two feet and move through it. And move through things that will make you feel good and open up the doors for relationships and connections with people that you are worthy of and that you feel seen and heard and respected um, just as you are. And your feelings shouldn't be causing combative relationships or combative arguments with people. So I hope that this maybe gives you a better understanding of what love bombing really is and the cycle of it and how easy you can get swept into it, the different phases of it. And my DMs are always open. If you ever feel like you are wanting to talk about it and I highly recommend reaching out to either a therapist or a doctor or like I said, the national um, hotline for domestic abuse and you are worthy just as you are right now with everything that you've gone through and everything that you have. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And as always, if this podcast is important to you, is as it is important to me, please leave a good review on the good old Apple podcast. You can also leave reviews on Spotify now. Give a rating and make sure you hit that follow and subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for being here. Whoo, you got this. Yes, you do. Even on the days you don't feel like you do. Shake your ass. Go be great.